Hi there, welcome to Series 2 of the Release the Sound podcast, where we talk all things prophetic worship. I'm Raymond Waterman, and it is my passion to empower, to educate, encourage, and equip you to release a sound of heaven that transforms the communities that you are a part of. So stay tuned, listen to some amazing guests, and be blessed. Thanks for joining me. Hi guys, welcome back to the Release the Sound podcast. I am very excited today because I get to interview a hero of mine, someone I love dearly that I get to do life with that is part of my church and it's wonderful. It's an honor to have Pastor Stacey Hillier with us from Numa Church in Melbourne. Let me do the proper bio because you deserve it, Stacey, and not everyone knows you like we know you, but uh, Pastor Stacey is a worship leader, a pastor, songwriter, author, also an epic preacher and teacher, and is one of the executive pastors at Newman Church in Melbourne, in Victoria, Australia, where we're from. She has the privilege of overseeing the prophetic pillar, which we'll talk about what that means globally across all our Numa locations. And Stacey is passionate about empowering people to live in their God-given calling, whether that's developing the prophetic, worship leading. She's so great at raising up people, loving people, developing creativity, preaching and leadership coaching. And alongside her is her amazing husband, Jai, and their four children. She's a busy lady. She does a lot for kids on top of that. Um, she loves building the local church and people. And it is an honor to have you, Pastor Stacey. Thank you for joining on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you, Roma. <laughs> it is such a joy to be here and all the feels because you are an absolute hero to me and thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> well, well, feelings mutual. You know, my favorite thing about this season we're in, so if I'm, I'm pretty sure people know by now because I talk about it a lot, we are in a season of revival at our church where it's changed everything. It's changed the worship. It's changed the sound. It's changed the way that you and I minister. I mean, I remember having a conversation with you early on, and I still feel this way where you just said, it just feels so much easier to just yeah. minister now. We're just sort of in the river and just going with the flow, aren't we? And um my my joy has been just watching, being part of it from the beginning, not jumping in, but actually being a part of it. So for those that don't know you, maybe we should just start a little bit with your story. So a bit about yourself, your role, and then kind of how this all happened. So I've been in my current role for four years, which is um, the fivefold prophet of Numa Church. And that transition happened with transition of senior leaders of our church. So prior to that, I was the um, executive creative and communications pastor. So it sounds like a lot of work, but anyway. <laughs> you're reading that accurately. <laughs> um, and so I'm now in my 12th year wow. at the church. And so grew up in Brisbane, sunny, warm Brisbane, <laughs> all the beaches and all the things. Very nice. Um, but, you know, I can just see the Lord's hand in moving us to Melbourne. And we moved for me to do a two-day-a-week worship pastor role. We knew nobody. Um, and so we picked even where to live in Melbourne based on, you know, online reviews of schools for our kids. Wow. So our kids were two, four, six, and eight. When we moved, my husband was still working in corporate for a company in Brisbane, flying back and forward. And it's the best thing we've ever done, honestly. Mm. Um, 
we're still adjusting to the weather for sure. <laughs> Far more valuable things than that. So in terms of um, what my role looks like now, we do have an executive team globally for our NUMA churches that are a five-fold team. Yes. So rather than using the terms like senior pastors, we have our apostles, which is Pastor Corey and mm-hmm. Pastor Sim. Now, Pastor Sim has a different grace in that she's a pastoral teaching grace, but she's still considered the senior apostle of our house alongside of her husband. And then myself um, as the prophet, then we've got an amazing evangelist, Cherie Rice, and then we've got an amazing fivefold shepherd, which is Pastor Joe Samuel, and then our doctor, our good doctor, the teacher, Dr. Michael Gretschko. And alongside of that, we have an executive business um, pillar, which my husband now leads. And they basically make sure we don't run out of money, that the apostle and the prophet don't (laughs) run too far ahead, and that the oils are actually mixed together, that the five-fold oils are mixed together and released over the body of Christ. So it's a pretty awesome season to be in. It's amazing and such a unique way to lead the church, which is beautiful. And I love that we do it like this. And tell me where worship fits in with all of that, because I love the way that you guys have structured this. Yeah. So within the prophetic pillar, so we structured all of our staff as well as as all of our um, volunteer teams right across the life of the church underneath the fivefold, which we probably don't know any other churches that are doing it this way which has meant, Roma, there's moments where, because we're making it up or we're following, there's no formula, we're following the Holy Spirit, that. that we've had to be really flexible and we have changed teams in and out of pillars as we've figured out what works Amazing. and what the Lord is saying. So within the prophetic pillar, we've got worship, we've got all the prayer of the house, and that's got heaps of different expressions. So we have um, a lot of prayer in our services, yes. you know that. But we also have, you know, 24-7 prayer rosters and upper rooms that are open each day. Um, we've got intercessory ministry. We've got sozo and healing rooms. That all sits within the prophetic pillar. Then we also have the communications teams. And the reason we have that is the way we think about it is the apostle puts the bones of the vision together. The prophet helps. What does that sound like? What does that look like? What mm, colors would that look like? And our comms team, which is our graphic designers, our editors, um, our composers, all work within that area. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got um, the prophets and the prophetic um, culture and training of the house within our pillar. So it's pretty exciting. It's amazing. And I, I love the uniqueness of that. I mean, for me, and I'm sure for you too, worship and prayer to me just goes together. And yeah. then the prophetic, like those three things, to me, just it makes sense yes. that they're under one pillar and since you've done that like I'm noticing it in the other locations because we're helping out at our east location at the moment the synergy between the three is incredible because of that because it's like no we treat this as one thing even though it's it's like three different things it's actually one thing so I love seeing how that all comes together And, and I see that in the services too like you were just mentioning about how prayer is really primary in our services and I wonder what you think about that. Do you feel that that is what has been a precursor to revival? Like why have we hit this place where the Lord just in his goodness and his kindness just turned up? What do you think are some of the reasons that that's happened? Yeah, I think there's a a number of things that led up to where we are, but I do also want to 
answer that question by saying I actually think that Australia um, in particular is in a very important reforming and you know, if I throw out statements like a worship reformation, people go, a reformation. But actually for something to be reformed, something that's well-established and formed has to be undone, um, unlearned, broken down in a way to be reformed into something new. And I feel that that is the season we're in as the worshippers of this nation. Amazing. And what that has meant for me for the past 12 months and for our teams is a stripping away, a peeling back, an unlearning, a a laying down, a dying 100,000 times a day, even (laughs) within a worship set, because the wineskin that has served the church is is not going to take us into the future. And so as part of this reformation, I think what the Lord is doing to set us up for end times is harp and bowl worship. Mm. And you can read about this in Revelation. But this is the conviction we're living from within our house that the Bible theologically, yes, it uses different terms for prayer and worship, but in terms of practically those things were never separated. Prayer was worship and worship was prayer. They sang their prayers and they they prayed their worship. This was all in one for them. And Revelation talks about when it paints the picture of the throne room of God, that the elders and the angels are there. And they've got in one hand the prayers of the saints or the incense, which is this bowl. And then in the other hand, they've got their harp. And so one hand prayer or intercession and in one hand worship. And so this is, we want to create heaven on earth. We want to bring throne room worship to earth. And this is why we see prayer and worship together. And also I think Rome's, the Bible makes it clear through stories like 2 Chronicles 20 and Acts 16 that my soul can bring breakthrough to a whole people group and to a whole nation. So when I'm engaging in ministering to the Lord in a corporate service, I could be bringing healing to somebody right on the other side of the room who doesn't even yet have a revelation of ministering to the Lord. They've come to get and not to give. And yet I could bring their breakthrough. And so this is why we put those two things together. And yes, that has been a big part, I think, of why we're seeing heaven come to earth because we're catching small glimpses and revelations of what it looks like to live in heaven's realm or what that might look like and endeavoring to bring that with our teams and our services to earth and then heaven breaks out. Funny, right? I think, you know, you and I have spoken about this, but a couple of key things in the lead up to this outpouring was repentance for man-made control. That was massive, and that happened publicly from our platform. Yes. Um, the breaking of the fear of man, which was a stronghold in our church, mm. um, a returning to first love um, was massive because we are a lampstand church, the oldest Pentecostal church in Australia. Yes. If we're honest. We'd learn to go through the motions and to do that with great excellence and with a spirit of performance. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so this letting go or being delivered even of, yes, we had to get delivered of the Mm. fear of man, allowed us to let go of performance and to step into the priesthood of believers where we minister to the Lord. Beautiful. (laughs) Just beautiful. And I love love all of that. And I'm resonating as you're saying it because they're all the things I've gone through as well, being part of Yuma 
And I'm just thinking about people that are listening to this who are maybe like, well, that's all great, but we're nowhere near that. Our church is like this, this, and this. Have you got any advice for them where they're at right now? Yeah, I just love the thought that the personal revival in the one can spark the corporate revival in the many. Love that. And Chris Vallotton's been speaking about this lately. When the Lord wants to bring reformation or revival to a people group or to a city or to his bride and any expression of that bride, any local expression, he doesn't send in the greatest warriors or governmental leaders. He sends in a prophet. And we see this in the life of Daniel. We see this in the life of Moses. We see this in Ephesus in the life of Paul, that the Lord sends in a prophet. And, you know, we'll probably talk about this a bit later, but this is one of the tensions I think prophets live in is we want, we might be in situations where that looks completely impossible. And yet we've caught a glimpse of it in our spirit. So we're living in the now and the not yet. And so learning to embrace tension as a prophet is so important. And so I would just say, let your own heart be set on fire. You return to your first love and you burn for Jesus. And it only takes one spark to start a raging inferno. (laughs) Yes. Amen. I love that. I love that it comes back to our responsibility. Like we, we can't use that excuse of our leaders aren't for this or our worship pastor, if you're not a worship pastor, if you're just in a team, our worship pastor isn't for this. No, if you are for it, that yes. can have an impact. You can make a difference and that's where it starts. It's a personal revival before it's a, a corporate revival, isn't it? And, um, I mean, you know, for us too, I think about our lockdown, which was pretty harsh yes. before. I, somehow I just feel like surely there's a connection between that restriction because we had to we had nothing, did we? We it was like almost two years of total lockdown. In fact, you and I really became friends over Zoom. <laughs> Don't you think? Like we met a few times and then that was it. We were just meeting quite regularly over Zoom. And some ways I'm thankful for that because I feel like maybe it wouldn't have developed the the friendships that I had or really understood the heart of the church without this restriction. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can look at restriction as horrible because it is, we hate it, right? Yeah. But it's in those places of restriction. I mean, it's just like a birth, isn't it? There's a there's a narrowing that happens, but then there's the birth. And so when we find ourselves in seasons like that, if we can just pause and not complain and go, all right, Lord, personal revival, that's where I'm going. I'm actually just going to deal with my heart. I feel like we all did that, don't you think? We were like dealing with lots of stuff, all of us. Absolutely. We were filtered, we were refined, the surgeon's knife was taken to us and also, you know, we were transformed. And so we came out different and a cocoon does feel restrictive and it does feel dark. And in the natural, if we help a butterfly out of a cocoon before it's too early, its colours aren't as vibrant. It can't soar and fly as high, and its its life Beautiful. expectancy is shorter. Yeah. And sometimes I think, as prophets, when we can get a glimpse of what's on the other side of the cocoon, personally, as well as for a city, a people group, we can want to force that cocoon over, but open. But I am learning to ask more and more for grace to stay in the crucible, so yes. that I don't burst forth before the Lord's timing. Yeah, Amen. That's a great prayer. That's a hard prayer to pray. Yep. 
because everybody wants the good stuff. <laughs> and a lot of hard prayers in revival. Yeah, wow. And a lot of prayers that even 12 months ago would have scared me or felt yes. really difficult to pray become a joy. Wonderful. Even things like repentance Yeah. that for a lot of, of my Christian life have left a bitter taste in my mouth. Mm. Now it's a joy. It's a joy to repent and to repent quickly of mm. thoughts and attitudes because it's a joy to be made Christ-like and the doorway is repentance. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I've, I've experienced that too. I was saying that with our Heart Song students that repentance in this season has been so felt so different. It yeah. really is a joy. It's like an oil. I don't know. Just you feel like this balm yes. and you're like, oh, it feels so good to know that it's actually okay that you don't have it all together. That's the first thing. And I think that's actually a mistake uh, or a misconception that we have too is that to be in seasons where of fruitfulness means you have to have it all together. I, I feel like I'm more vulnerable and yes. less skilled now than I was when everything was going, everything was big and grand and, you know, it's so, like every day I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need to work on this or I need to work on that. But there's a joy in it. It doesn't feel like condemnation. I think we think of repentance. When people think of the word repentance, they think condemnation, but that's not what godly repentance is, is it? No. It's such a joy to. It's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom. It's totally Amen. freedom. It's Amen. funny that you should say that, like, you know, uh, the deeper that we we go in God, the less I feel like I know. And yes. I was laughing with my husband the other day because just of the season the Lord's got me in, particularly in regards to worship, mm. where um, leading up to our conferences we've just had, I'm, you know, the Lord said to me, I want you to take everything you think you know about worship, everything you've learnt from people you love and respect and everything you've taught to people you love and respect and I want you to hold it up against the mirror of my word and then tell me what's left. And in my head, I'm like, well, I've grown up in the church. You know, I'm sure most of it's going to remain. Well, the vast majority of it, I can't find in the Bible. So you have to do some very deep soul searching because you realize you've taken principles of the world <laughs> from the culture of the world. Yes. And then found a scripture to twist, to fit it. Yes. And then led that way. And through God's grace, he's been, he's been good in that. But what I feel we have created is consumers and people who come to church yes. to get and not to give. And there's a real shift happening right now. Yes, so For good. those who can perceive it, there's a big shift happening. And so I've been in a season of four to eight weeks of deep sorrow and repentance and publicly in front of our church probably maybe four weeks ago repented to them for leading them according to a spirit of performance and showmanship. Wow. And felt no shame, no yeah. condemnation because there's total freedom on the other side. And yes. I know my heart was right before the Lord, even in leading, you know, I just, I only knew what I knew. Absolutely. And we only know what we've been taught too. Yeah. And so I, I, and when fear of man is wrapped up in all of that and you're wanting to please your leaders and, you know, make sure you're doing everything by the book in, in, in yeah. essence, I think it's really natural for all of us. I'm sure there's lots of people that are listening and felt the same. And um, that's the journey, isn't it, of, of exploring who Jesus is for us, not yeah. who Jesus is for the masses. That's I think so that's good. the key. 
And I love it. I love the journey and, you know, it doesn't matter how much we know. I agree 100%. I'm like, gosh, I feel like I know nothing. <laughs> I started to write something down. I I shared recently about a dream that I had about worship in the end times. I had this very significant dream and then I felt like the Lord just say, like I had it and normally, you know, you and I dreamers, normally when I have a dream, I'll just go, oh, I had this dream and this is what I think it means. Amen, that's the end. And the Lord just keeps bringing it up and go, no, you need to actually process this. You need yep. to write you need to go to the scriptures. So yesterday, in fact, I spent maybe eight hours just sitting at my computer, just like writing what I felt the Lord was saying and um, learning more and more every day. And I'm like, wow, I'm in my 50s and I still know nothing about this, Lord. <laughs> it's just, it's a beautiful place to be because there's just, it's, I think that's what it means when the scripture says we're moving from glory to glory. It's like, it's just like you go through one glory, like, wow, this is amazing. There mustn't be anything else in this. This is awesome. And then you live in that for a little while and then all of a sudden another glory comes and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And I just think that's what it's going to be like. If we are really following closely with the Lord and his heart, we are going to live that glory to glory. And that also means I feel the spirit of the Lord on me as I say this, that for some people listening here, including us, it also means that we're not always going to be in the same roles. There's going to be a shifting, you know, mm-hmm. and shifting doesn't mean failure. It doesn't mean like you, you know, you're a creative arts pastor, then you moved into that prophetic pillar. Some people you might be going, well, I it's time for me to put down my worship pastor role and step into something else. You can sometimes look at those things as failures, but it's not. If, if you think of it from glory to glory, the Lord is trying to reveal another glory to you. And if you stay stuck in one portion of the river, the motion goes. You lose the motion of the river. You, you lose the current of the river. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening That if that's you, you're like, I don't know where I'm at right now. I think there's a shift and there's a change coming to explore it and not be afraid of that. Just like what Stacey said about repenting for things that she thought was right. I mean, we do what we do until we know better. That's just the bottom line, isn't it? And we're never going to arrive ever. So if someone says they've got the handle on a sound of revival, I would be very concerned. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'd love to hear some stories. I I love stories. I'd love to hear some stories of what the Lord's done as you've been leading. Like what you have to share that one from the lockdown time to start, if you don't mind, because I love that. Yeah, I've got a couple from lockdown actually that would be yeah. Share some. Okay, so this first one that you're referring to is honestly, we were so done with doing online services. (laughs) It was just the worst, and the way we were doing it because we could only have a certain number of people in the building. And our building is in quite a public place and cars arriving, et cetera, et cetera, was concerning neighbours. We were trying to do multiple recordings in one day. So you could be recording a service six weeks in advance. So you want to figure out if you're a prophetic worship leader, do that. <laughs> and it was <laughs> glorious actually because if you weren't just going through the motions and trying to really stay open to what the Lord was doing, um, he did some amazing things. And so we were recording our online conference this one day and we're there rehearsing early in the morning and our music director or he's our worship pastor now is a Welshman so we're in this spontaneous moment now I have not thought of this song for so long 
but comes into my spirit, I believe from the Lord, sing the great south land of the Holy Spirit. So I say to him, I'm going to go into the great south land of the Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm Welsh. What is that? So he's quickly Googling the chords. Oh my goodness, I didn't even think about that. Yes. And so he starts playing these chords and I'm kind of tapping to him like when to change chords. And literally I go, this is a great south land of the Holy Spirit. We get there and everyone stops because this big shaking starts. Wow. The screens on the side of the building start moving. The projectors are moving. Our stage, which is on a massive concrete slab, was shaking and we're all like, what is happening? And everyone starts picking up their phones, like contacting their families. Did you feel that? I run outside because I think Jesus is coming back. <laughs> I come back and I was so devastated that he didn't come back to me singing the great South land of the Holy Spirit. But it was an earthquake in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And um, it really did feel like we stepped onto something. This is pre-revival, pre-outpouring. We put our toe onto something that wow. he wanted our church to prophesy and pick up wow. to the point where he would shake our city in response to it. And there's stories like that all over our city of prayer mm. meetings, whether they're praying for Australia or for our city or really tearing down a stronghold right at that moment. It was pretty epic. <laughs> Amazing story. I remember you texting me. Where was no. it? It's not flat of the Holy Spirit. And then there was an earthquake. You're like, you can't make this stuff up. Because <laughs> we'd had everything. We'd had... Remember, Roman, in that season, we couldn't drink our water. We didn't have power. So we all ended up staying up in a local hotel. That's right. We had an earthquake and we were in the midst of a two-year lockdown. It was like, where do we live? I know. When you look back, it doesn't feel real. It feels like we were watching a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? (laughs) You know, I think of another story during that season where, where the Lord just comes suddenly. So we're in the motions of recording a service and we have a raised tiered section at the back and I was looking at it as we were worshipping and to be honest, I was grieving the fact it was still empty, leading to an empty room. And all of a sudden this vision opened up before me and we were in a moment where the musicians were ministering and again Joel was playing this melody on the keys and it was like as he played it, this vision opened up like a curtain and it was Jesus and he was surrounded by children and he was standing in the raised section and I was thinking, we'd just had a conversation before recording about our kids and how they were going with lockdown. I'm thinking, is he showing me children to show mm-hmm. me that, you know, they're okay in this moment? And I knew that wasn't it. And this is all happening very quickly while this musical moment's happening. And then I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, this is a thin place, what you've just pressed into. Mm-hmm. This auditorium is a thin place. And I'm actually showing you children that have been miscarried in wombs and who wow. are poor from this church family. And then he starts to download to me that these children were singing the melody that was being played on the keys. So here they are in the room that represents the spiritual home of their mothers and fathers, and they start singing this melody. So I start to sing out what's being played. And then it becomes this prophetic moment about the Lord is Mm. healing wombs and the Lord is healing people who've had miscarriages during lockdown and couldn't have people with them. And this was six weeks in advance. So we almost forget about that moment other than, wow, that moment was, it felt really special. And then six weeks later, to be honest, I wasn't even watching the Sunday services. It was just all a bit much. My phone starts going, like all these messages start coming through. And it's these women who've had miscarriages during lockdown and hadn't seen family or friends to even tell. 
And the Lord ministered to them in that moment, six weeks in advance. God is so good. But I love that you were so faithful to do that because it probably didn't make sense at the time, did it? You're just like, and and I think we do that in worship, don't we? We we sense something and then often we can pull back and not do anything because we go, is that just me? If I just made that up, but you stepped out for something that six weeks later happens. Wowzers. That's incredible. I love that story. Okay. Let's talk about the other side. What are some of the challenges? Mm. You know, I think I touched on one before. I think the greatest challenge that I face personally, and I would say I feel this on behalf of prophetic people, is the now and not yet. Yeah. So what you can see that the Lord wants to do in a person, in yourself, in a people group, Mm. in a local church body, in a city, and we can taste it, we can hear it, we can smell it. And yet we're in the now and we see no evidence of it. And so I think one of the greatest challenges is not stepping out of love and into frustration. Yeah. And as a worship leader, to see prophetically even what a throne room looks like and how people are responding to the Lord in the throne room and then look to a people who are not responding at all and not to step into frustration. Yes. Um requires actually a lot of maturity and a lot of humility and a lot of laying down yourself to need to be fed by a certain response. Mm. And so I think there's problems to be solved and tensions to manage and musically without tension, we don't have sound. Mm. The tension of our vocal cords, the tension of a guitar string, the tension originally of a piano string. Mm. We need tension to create music and to create worship um, and so I don't think that this problem will ever go away. I think it's a tension to be managed under the leadership of the Holy Spirit yeah. and keeping our hearts soft in that and also living from the conviction that I see a piece of a whole picture. Yeah. I don't know it all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing bit too, yeah. A hundred percent. No, I actually was looking down because I read a post today that really fits with what you're saying. And I completely agree because I I live like that too. I totally resonate with what you're saying. Just live in that tension of seeing something and not living in it. And how do you, how do you live in that? This morning, I read this post by uh, an author that I've been reading at the moment, whose books are just off the charts. Her name is Anna Mendez and her books are like every page I've got to stop and then just spend 20 minutes just thinking about what she wrote. You know, it's not one of those books you can just get through. But she posted this today and it's really relevant to what you're saying. She said this, in order for us to develop our spirit, we need to be conscious. It's important to develop this state because in our current age, we have disconnected ourselves from being aware of what is happening around us. And the soul becomes addicted to moving in time. It moves into the future when we're planning what we're going to do or we're anxious or afraid that something might happen or we're in the past remembering things like what I can't forgive, restlessness, anguish, anger that comes from the past. They're not in the present, but we need to understand what the present moment is. Being conscious is the state of the spirit. The state of the spirit is the nature of God. I am. I am is continuously present. 
And while the soul is in the future and in the past, the spirit is not moved and only observes the mental activity of the soul. But when I manage to enter the present moment and quiet my soul, then the door opens for the spirit to manifest. And to accomplish this, we must train and train ourselves to be present and enter and live in the spirit. When I read that, I was like, every prophet needs to read that. Every prophetic worshiper needs to understand that, that while we're planning and thinking about all the things that we want God to do, living in the present is also prophetic, like being like, like grounding yourself in the moment. And I think when we do that, then it becomes a lot more relational too. Because you think about what's happening now. You think about the people that are around you. You think about, you know, not next Sunday. You just think about now. But there's also a real peace that comes with that too because that tension does cause a bit of unrest. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Like that that tension you're all, or like, you know, we've all done this, right? You have a busy season coming up and you're excited about it. You're excited about what the Lord's going to do. But how many of us go, I'm just going to get to Monday. And then I can rest. Mm-hmm. I do not want to live like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that, Roma. And I think that's, you know, we've just done two conferences and it would be easy to say, I just got to get to the end of it and rest. But the Holy Spirit actually really convicted me on exactly that point. Yeah. What about if I want you to do the two conferences from rest? Yes. I'm like, okay, you're going to have to walk me through that. I know. It's like, can you please show me how to do that? (laughs) So how did that look for you? Yeah, I think um, it's just staying in step with the spirit. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the biggest things as prophetic people is the spirit reveals secrets to us and then we run off on him. Mm. Like, great, thanks, bye. (laughs) Whereas he's like, I want to share a secret with you. And then, you know, Galatians 5. How do we stay in step with the Spirit? One step at a time behind, yeah. beside the Holy Spirit. So when he stops, we stop. When he moves to the side, we move to the side. And he will walk us into the manifestation of the revelation of those secrets. Yeah. And we get there safely when we follow step by step. So for me, it really did look like just being very conscious of even all the dinner invites and all the things yes. before I even respond like Holy Spirit. Do I need to do this? Yeah. Or do I actually need to go to bed? So good. And just living with FOMO. Yeah, I know. You know what Dan McCullum says? And I it's so good. I was um, interviewing him just recently for the podcast and he said, Roma, is, he actually said this to me. He said, it's awesome that you're living in a season of revival, but this is my advice to you. If you're only going to every single thing because you have FOMO, that's not a good enough reason to go. You need to ask the Holy Spirit. So FOMO, for those of you who don't know what that means, fear of missing out, it's like you ask the Holy Spirit because if we're living in, we keep talking about living in uh, where God is in a habitation, not a visitation. So a visitation is he's going to turn up somewhere. We want to be there. We don't want to miss it. But a habitation is that he is amongst us all the time. And so he said, if that is true, you need to be asking the Holy Spirit every day do it like just what you said, do I need to rest or do I, do I go? And um, there's still hard decisions to make, aren't they? Because then you get texts from all your friends. That was amazing. The Holy Spirit came. It was incredible. And I'm like, yep, but I did what the Spirit told me to do. That's exactly right. There's joy in obedience. Yes. 
I mean, there's still lots to learn in that, isn't there? Like I find um, one of the things the Lord's challenging me in is the health issue at the moment, just getting a bit run down because there's so much happening. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying, Lord, okay, well, just practical things. Lord, show me what vitamins and minerals I need to take. Show me, you know, where I'm not getting things right here. And sometimes he says, Roma, the thing you're not getting right is you're working too much. <laughs> just yeah. stop. Just rest. Just be in the present, you know. But um, it's still a challenge, isn't it? You don't just get it and then go, yep, okay, I'm good. Let's keep going. It's a, it's a journey of discovery, isn't it? It is, and especially if you have a high level of responsibility, which in a high level of leadership, you don't get there without having a high level of responsibility. Yes. So when you've got teams and people relying. You can't just say, I'm taking a day off. Yeah. Yeah. You maybe can, but that's something that I wrestle with. Yeah. Because who am I letting down? And I have more often than not pushed through what I know is my gift of limits from the Lord Mm -hmm. to please other people. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that we've learned that in our culture, in our church culture is you've just got to push through. Well, maybe you don't sometimes. Exactly. Maybe pushing through is push pulling back. Well, that's exactly right, Roma. And maybe in you not pushing through, someone who's been sitting there pregnant and ready rises up. I love that. I actually love that you brought that up because I think that's a mistake we can make when we're growing our teams as well, isn't it? Is that because we've we've contended so long and we know the space and now we have authority in that space, it's easy for us to do all the things. Yeah. But what does it look like now? I mean, that's what mothering and fathering is, isn't it? Is to go, okay, I'm pulling back now and someone else is going to do it. And it might mean that we go two t- steps backwards sometimes, but it's necessary to grow the team. It's necessary to see people grow in their callings. And um, I love you do that so well. I love that you do that. I see you do that. And I've seen Pastor Joel. I just love what he's stepping into right now. That's because of your leadership. Um, So thank you for being that kind of leader. I value it and I honour it. (laughs) Roma. All right. Final question. We've been chatting for 40 minutes. What? How did that happen? That happens Um, Uh, It does. I want to tell everyone about your amazing book, Worship Is, because this is a book that was birthed in lockdown. I remember you texting me going, hey, I've got this idea for a book. And then like, what, three months later or something, the whole thing's written. It was just such a download from the Lord. Tell us a bit about that book. Yeah. So the book came about, um, actually, I was in Perth ministering before a lockdown worship leading at a conference and randomly got three text messages from different people all across the world, one in Dubai, one back in Melbourne and another in London, just people I hadn't heard from in a long time. Same phrase, it's time to write the book. Wow. sitting in the car with some people I was ministering with and I was like, you know, what would I write the book about? Like processing actually those prophetic words in community. And um, they were like, well, isn't it obvious? Wouldn't you just write about worship? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I sat on the plane on the way back and thought, what would, I, what would I want to write? And I knew I wanted to answer the question of what is worship. And then, um, you know, the Lord reminded me of a game I love to play online where people put caption this. 
And so they put an image and they want you to caption it. And I felt that the Lord was encouraging me to approach the worship book like that. Wow. Pose the question, caption this, what is worship to you? And then to really just outline what worship has been personally in my life and what I think the Bible says worship Mm. is. And so this book was birthed. um, It has, you know, been, I guess, created with the heart for worship teams to process this together. So it has whole bunch of questions for worship teams at the end. And it's so beautiful actually to see worship teams across the nation and in America starting to do this together. Such a joy. Um, So that's what it came out of. And now, you know, probably I'd write a different book now, uh, but I know that it was from the Lord and I felt the Lord's pleasure as I wrote that book. Beautiful. It's a great book and I highly recommend it. And we'll put a link in the podcast notes for anyone that wants to get it. But where else can they get it? Where can they contact you? Yeah, they can just get on my website, which is stacyhillier.com. And on there, there's a link to even a podcast series that goes along with the book. There's an e-course that goes with a book coming soon. There's a free workbook that you can work through with it. Um, And, yeah, you can connect with all my things on there. That is wonderful. Stacey's got uh, two, a couple of amazing podcasts that you can check out as well. One on the prophetic, which is incredible. And um, you talk a lot about the fivefold in yes. there too. There's a couple of episodes in there. So I highly recommend it. And um, I highly recommend the book. It's amazing. Stacey, thank you. Thank you for all that you are, all that you release. Thank you for everything you're championing at Numa. It's such a, a joy to be a part of it. And um, I'd just love you to end. Would you mind just praying for our for our listeners? I'd love to, but I first of all want to thank you for your mentorship of my life oh, it's a and for being a safe place. And I know the Lord placed you in my life and our house mm. for this season to help us steward this season. And we're just so grateful for you. Oh, well, the feeling's mutual. This is what I love. I've been a family. And I just love you all. It's so wonderful to be a part of it. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Such a presence is here. I thank you for every listener today. And Father, I just thank you that all of our growth in you comes from beholding. And it is our joy to look at you, Jesus, even in this moment, to put aside distraction and to just look at you and how beautiful you are. You are fascinating. You're captivating. You are altogether lovely. We remind ourselves now of what Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, that we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed from one degree of glory to another, and this comes from the Spirit. So, Father, I thank you that we can lay down striving, we can lay down works, we can lay down trophies, crowns, titles. And just come today and simply behold Jesus. And in looking at you, which is not hard to do, it's so easy to look at you, that you are transforming us and it's a work of your spirit. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing across our nation and across the earth right now. We give all the glory to you. I thank you that this is an Ephesians 3.20 season above all we could ask, dream, hope, think, or imagine and that all glory in the church would go to Jesus Christ. I thank you for Roma. I thank you for her ministry. And Lord, I just pray blessing upon her life and upon every listener today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Stace. Love you. 
Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.